but to pray about. There are things that we pray about. Um, there's things that, that are in the Bible that directs us, okay? Should we ask God whether or not it's good to tell thus and such a lie? What's the answer to that? No. Plain and simple. Don't have to ask God if I should lie or not. Should we ask God whether we should steal or not? Oh, we might have the conversation of I'm hungry, my kids are hungry, and I don't think God will mind. What does the Bible say? Thou shalt not steal. You don't have to ask God about it. If you do, you really need to get close to him. I don't know if you know him so good or not. I think you might know about him, but I don't know if you know him so good if you've got to ask those kinds of questions. The Bible's pretty clear on some of these do's and don'ts, but now on other things, the Bible's not very clear on. Any other things we pray about? David, would you stand up, please? I'm going to embarrass him, so he'll shoot me when we get home and probably go back to Korea. This is the newest addition to our family. God bless you, sir. He's from Korea. You can talk probably behind his back. He don't understand a lot of English yet, but that's part of the job. That's part of what we're doing. You can have a seat. Thank you. He put in to come to America to get educated and to, to learn the language and to be able to tap into some of these things, maybe to be able to take some culture back to his home and maybe to bring some culture here. But the thing is, is there was no scripture in the Bible that said, Ken and Sandy, take this boy in. If you find it, let me know because I don't think it's there. Is it God's will? Unequivocally, I can tell you it is God's will. There may be those that may not agree with me that we shouldn't take this boy in and yada, yada, yada. You talk to God about it because we did. That's what he said. Not a doubt in my mind. When we come to pick him up, we rushed home from down home. We rushed to get down there. The kids went to the thing on the New Year's Eve. And Sweetie did too. They all came in with bloodshot eyes. I, I hope they weren't out drinking or nothing on that night. And then we rushed down there to pick him up and the poor fellow missed his flight. So we could to spend some extra time in Raleigh. And, but the thing is, is all, these, all this time the devil said, you know, this is a bad sign. I don't care what the devil says. I prayed about this weeks ago. And if God said for it to happen, it's going to happen. Amen? Can we put our hands together for God for what he does? And so far, the last couple of days have been wonderful. And I expect that the rest of it will. There will be some times, I'm sure, but I know for a fact that this was to be done, and it's not in the Bible. So there are times that we ask God something, and there are times that we don't know what the answer is. There are times that we question God. Dangerous place to be, by the way. Don't question God. Unless you're serious in your heart. Today's message, and we're, we're going into New Year's, right? We got plans for the New Year, so we, we're, we're, uh, we're praying and we're seeking God. We're seeking God for direction for the church and for our lives. What's the direction of the church? Anybody know? You know, the Bible does say, where there is no vision, the people perish. What is the vision of this church? 
Reach souls for Christ. Thank you. For five years now, I've been preaching that. That is our vision. What ways are we going to do that? We're going to outreach with the, we've got the internet, people listen to messages. We are reaching out, hopefully, that people will come in and be with us. The biggest part is, is you. You have a circle of influence of people that can come to church and hear about Jesus and maybe get fed. I, that's my prayer. My prayer this morning before I ever walked in this building was, Lord, if I don't do what you have asked me to do, strike me down. Take my voice. Don't let me talk. That's my prayer every Sunday. And he knows my heart. I am sincere on that. Because there's a lot of other things old King can do. I want to do what he has asked me to do. Did he tell me in his Bible that I was supposed to become a pastor? No. He didn't. Because there are other ways to be working for Jesus, right? Pastors, preachers, teachers, you know. But that's something we prayed about. And the Bible didn't tell me that I should or shouldn't do that. Had I said no, I would still be working and be like eight months from retirement. Woohoo! But he had other plans. And I know it without a doubt. And so we have to call upon God. So this message this morning, as we come into this new year, and I know there's people sitting in here this morning that need this, because I do. If you don't need it, just hang with me. It's good for me. But this message is called, Should I Stay or Should I Go? Now, those of you that are like in the 80s, you understand they used to be like a, a rock song that had that to it, so that kind of, you get that. Oh, he said rock and roll in the pulpit. Yes, he did. <laughs> but that's not where it came from. If you need direction, ask the Lord. And he'll give you the answers. And by the way, he might give you the answers with some other people that might be sitting around you or in your circle of influence. Maybe the pastor. Maybe not the pastor. Pastors don't have the answers. Sometimes God says, I don't want to use you. I want to use this one because I want to build this relationship. So it's his kingdom, right? Don't he get to build it how he wants? Amen? Yes, he does. Christmas tree is still up on New Year's. We're celebrating. We're going to make it an Easter tree before long. I just noticed it. Not throwing stones at nobody. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Point said is, don't they still look pretty? Go to 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse number 1. Should I stay or should I go? That's the question. When David was told, look, the Philistines are fighting against Calah and are looting the threshing floors, he inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack these Philistines? The Lord answered him, Go, attack the Philistines and save Calah. Well, that seems pretty simple, doesn't it? We should just move on to the next chapter. Wrong. God had some more to do here. There's something else going on. But David's men said to him, Here in Judah we are afraid. How much more then if we go to Cala against the Philistine forces? And once again, once again, notice that. 
David inquired of the Lord, and the Lord answered him, Go down to Caleb, for I am going to give the Philistines into your hand. So David and his men went to Caleb, fought the Philistines, and carried off their livestock. He inflicted heavy losses on the Philistines and saved the people of Caleb. Now go down to verse 7. Saul was told that David had gone to Caleb, and he said, God has delivered him into my hands. For David has imprisoned himself by entering a town with gates and bars. And Saul called up all the forces for battle to go down to Caleb to besiege David and his men. And when David learned that Saul was plotting against him, he said to Abiathar, the priest, Bring the ephod. And David said, Lord, God of Israel, your servant has heard definitely that Saul plans to come to Caleb to destroy the town on account of me. Will the citizens of Caleb surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? Lord God of Israel, tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will. Again, David asked, he asked again, Will the citizens of Caleb surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, They will. So David and his men, about 600 in number, left Caleb and kept moving from place to place. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Caleb, he did not go there. I guess he just wanted David. David stayed in the wilderness strongholds and in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him, but catch this. But God did not give David into his hands. Who's in control? Amen. Sermon's over. We can go home now. Because God's in control. But I want you to notice. There are things, you know, we, we come across questions all the time. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I go there? Should I not go there? Should I buy this? Should I not buy this? Maybe a home. I'm not talking about a bag of chips. You shouldn't buy chips. I do, but you shouldn't. We're not going to eat more much, are we, sweetie? Because they're killing me. Heart's dying or something. But we ask God about these big things. Maybe a job opportunity somewhere. Should I take it or should I not? That's a big decision, isn't it? Change a whole new scenery. You might get there and not like it. You might get there, they may not like you. And you've given up what you've already had. Don't those things come into play? So we ask those kinds of questions. Should I do this or should I not? Should I marry thus and such or should I not? Don't we ask those things? If, you, if you're not married yet, you should. You should be talking to God because he knows who you need. He knows who he has planned for you. So we ask these kinds of questions, and we don't find those answers in the Bible. And neither did he. In the, in the Bible, what he had in, in the first five books is all he had. In Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You won't find that anywhere that says David go up to Caleb and defend them. And by the way, when you do, Saul's going to come seeking you, and when he does, they're going to turn you over to him. Now, would you go and defend somebody that's going to sell you out 
a day later, a week later, a month later? Most of us wouldn't. That's why you've got to ask God these things. See, we like to look ahead and say, what's in it for me? We like to look ahead and say, what am I going to gain? How are they going to come out ahead? We like to look ahead and try to figure these things out. And then we come up and conjure up stuff in our minds that helps us to make decisions, and we ain't even listening to God. Oh, we asked him, but we don't listen. Because we're like, is this risky or not? Let me ask you something. If an army that's bigger than your army by, say, 50 times, you know, you've got 600 guys and, and the other guy has 60,000 guys or 100,000 guys, do you take that risk? I mean, conventional wisdom says no. We can't beat them. Then you ask God, what does God do? God puts you in a, in a pickle, don't he? Yeah, go do it. Are you sure? That's exactly what happened to him. He found out these people were in trouble. He's on the run. He's been hiding out in caves and in hills. He's been hiding out all these places because Saul is, is trying to get to him and kill him. And yet he finds out these people are in trouble, finds out that something's going on, and what does he do? He starts asking God about it. What kind of prayers do we put up on that case? Lord, help them. You know what they're facing. Lord, help them. Don't send me, but Lord, help them. Don't we do those kinds of prayers? Do we ask God, God, should I go do something about this? Should I go do something about this? Because if I ask God, should I go, and he says yes, then I'm sitting at a place, I've got to follow what he says. Am I right on that? So I know that somebody sitting in here today, you've got questions. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I stay? Should I go? Should I, whatever. That's what this is about. So he asked God. God says, go. So what's he do? He does what he should do. As the leader, he goes back and he tells his men, 600 and something, something like that. And he tells them, here's what's going to happen. We're going to go down and defend these people. We're going to take these Philistines out because God said so. What did they say? Are you nuts? We're already scared for our lives. We're running around and we're hiding from these guys. And you know Saul's going to know about it. And are you, have you lost your mind? Did you sure you talked to God about it? Well, they got David to even doubt it, Brother Gene. Well, did God say I should do that or not? These were followers. They should know. Maybe they should have been praying instead of talking to David about it. Maybe they should have been talking to God about it. And then we wouldn't have to have David go back the second time, which it means it's okay. He went back the second time, and he says, God, are you sure that we should go? And he tells him what? Go, and I'm going to give them into your hands. So what do they do? They pack up and they go take care of business. And they won. How many of you know when God's on your side, you're going to win? When you ask God and he says, I'm going to bless this, it's going to happen, you're going to win. And the gaggle of guys went with him and they got to see it too. But he questioned God a second time. He went back to him a second time. Now, old Saul, what did he say? Saul said, I got him now. He done backed into a corner. 
He's in a city that has bars and walls. And I got him now. By the way, did he say something else there? Wait a minute. He said something else, didn't he? Didn't he? Did you say something, Brother Willie? Yeah, God's delivered him into my hands. Well, wait a minute. Did God really do that? Well, he's there, so God got him there, but did God deliver him into Saul's hands? I guess he must have been praying too, huh? Doesn't say, but I guess he was asking, and so now we got a contradiction here that we got to work out. Right? He prayed and said, go do it. He prayed and said, Lord, deliver him into my hands. He goes and does it. He gets there. We know the end of the story, right? He didn't get him. I guess maybe he didn't hear from God. You think? Saul must not have heard from God, but he said so right here. For God has delivered him into my hands. He's done backed into a corner. But see, God likes working like that. Did you know that? When you, when you sign on with God and say yes to Jesus, and you start giving your life to him, and sometimes we give a whole lot of our life to him, and sometimes we take baby steps of giving it to him. That's just a matter of taking the long road to get to where you need to get. Does that make sense, what I just said? Because God says, I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to get you to this place. Now, are you going to take big giant steps and go, or are you going to take little bitty steps and resist? Bottom line is, if it's God's plan, it's going to happen. Ain't nobody going to stop it. It's going to happen. Amen? So, so he goes and... Uh, he finds out about this, this idea, right? He finds out that Saul's after him, and he sends for Abiathar, the, the priest, says, bring the ephod, we've got to talk to God again. He tells God, I know for a fact, I know it just as sure as I'm standing here, Saul's coming after me. Is he coming? <laughs> What's going to happen? Is these people, are they going to turn me over? What's going to happen? Now, he couldn't find that in the first five books. There's no answer, but God answered him. Now, you ask the question, how do I know the voice of God? I can't answer that for you. What? Preacher, you can't answer that? Absolutely not. That's your walk. That's your time to be in prayer. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're sitting here saved today, you've heard his voice at least once because you wouldn't be saved otherwise. Whenever he said, get up out of that seat or get beside that bed or you're riding down the road, it don't matter where it is. You might have been beside an oak tree somewhere with a gun in your lap hunting and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit comes and he says, I want you, like Uncle Sam does. I want you. And conviction comes on our heart and all this stuff starts pouring into our minds. It's the Holy Spirit working on us. If guilt ever comes on us and, and when we see all this conviction happening, that's the Holy Spirit, by the way. He's the one that does the work. He's the one that changes us. He's the one that has delivered us. He brings us to that place. And when you said, yes, Lord, I need a Savior. I need you, Jesus, to come into my heart and live. 
I need you, Jesus, to lead me for the rest of my life. I'm giving it all to you. You have heard His voice. And we like to use the excuses of how do you hear from God. So we turn it into a big intellectual battle. Well, that's an excuse to just not listen to God or even to seek God. We have no prayer life. For many people, church, and I hope it's not many in here, I don't know. Many For many people, serving Jesus and having God is a five-second handshake in the church for five minutes in the morning on Sunday morning, and that's it. They never talk to God. They never read God's Word until trouble comes. I'm going to lay a question to you, and I don't have the answer. Only you do, but the Holy Spirit does. What is your relationship? Do you just know of Him, or do you know Him? Do you know of Him, or do you know Him? That's the question. Because if you know Him, He is Lord of your life. Okay? Not just the magic man when we got trouble. He's not just the magic man when we have trouble, when sickness comes. He's not just that. And by the way, He lets us know and talks to us all the time. How many of you know what... You know what's going on with Brother Berkeley. He's been on the prayer line. We were out of time, but we got it. But I went and seen him yesterday, and he ate a meal, and he was tickled. And for two and a half hours, we sat there and talked, and he didn't throw up because they was ready to put a feeding tube in him. And he said, you know what? I've had enough. Poor Leona leaves hospital the night before that, tore up because they're thinking, the doctors are saying, you know what? There's nothing we can do. If we've got to do this or, you know, the man's got to eat. But God answered a prayer. You see, He talks to us. Last week, we're praying for Him. Wednesday night. Was it Wednesday night, Charlie? Yeah, I got the text. I sent you guys. Maybe Sunday night. Sunday night last week. I'm turning around. It's been Saturday all week. Berkeley asked me yesterday morning. He said, y'all have a good service this morning? I'm like, no, should we have? I get my phone out and check the calendar real quick. So I'm like, because if we... If we had church today, I didn't make it. I'm probably fired now for sure. Because it was Saturday all week. But the point is, is prayer started happening. Sunday night, y'all had prayer for Berkeley. And God has worked. We got another man. I'm going to tell you this story real quick. I don't know if it has anything to do with the message or not, but thank you, Lord. There's another man in our congregation, not in our congregation, Mama is, but... He was supposed to go to work the other morning, called in, they had marked him to be off, and he has a chest pain, he goes to the doctor, he has a heart attack while he's having tests done. He works for the railroad. Had he been on a train out in the middle of somewhere, nobody knows, and this happened, by the way, his words to me yesterday was, they called it the Widowmaker. But not today. You know why? Because mama's been praying. And the church has been praying, and God showed up. He lets us know every day He's real. He's real. And these things right here, we can count on them. And we're going to show up, and we're going to pray for them. I don't care if it's two of us or 200 of us. We're going to God on behalf of these. We're going to put them out there because we believe in prayer. And that's exactly what David was doing. Talking to God. Wasn't sure, went back, asked him again. Hmm. Verse 11, will the citizens of Caleb surrender me to him? Will Saul come down as, a, as, as your servant has heard? And the Lord God of Israel, tell your servant, and the Lord said, he will. 
He's done gone in, rescued these people, and he now knows that Saul's coming. And he's in a corner. But then he has to ask again. And again, David asks, Will the citizens of Caleb surrender me and my men to Saul? And the Lord said, They will. Then they escaped. And Saul didn't get him. He didn't hear from God. He heard what he thought he wanted to hear. Oh, it sounded all godly. I'm going to go get David. Oh, probably moved a little bit or something. I don't know. But he didn't hear from God. It made it to the pages of the Bible. And he didn't hear from God. Because he didn't get him. That reminds me of somebody else, because we always got to talk about Jesus, don't we? Don't we got to go every service to Jesus? If we don't go to Jesus, then we've just showed how much we know, and we haven't. It's been about me. It's got to be about Jesus. You see, didn't he say, the things I'm doing, don't blame me. I'm doing what my Father has showed me to do. You know how he showed him to do it? Every morning he gets out of bed before everybody else and he goes off to a secluded place and he talks to the Father. By the way, did you know we can do that? If you didn't know that, this is revelation for you. Try it. Spend some time with him. I'll give you warning number one. When you start doing that, the phones will ring, things will come up. And Bible time and prayer time likes to get pushed to the side. But if you will stand fast and keep on and say, you know what, cut the phone off. What did they do 200 years ago? They didn't have a phone. It's not that important. It ain't. So you call me sometimes early in the morning and you don't get an answer? Well, it might be in the middle of the day. It depends on the spirit. It might be that I have my phone off. Because I'm talking to somebody important. And his name's Jesus. And he said, you know what? These things that I'm doing, guess what? That's what the Father's telling me. He went out of it. He didn't know, Brother Steve, if he was going to come pray for you or not. All he knows, he's walking by, been talking to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm yours. Help me. Help me Bring about your kingdom. Help me to bring glory to you. You know what? Our lives is about bringing glory to God. Period. Nothing else. Stuff don't matter. It's about bringing glory to God. If the stuff brings glory to God, good. If it takes away, it's not good. It can seem right. He's walking by and all of a sudden the Lord says pray. So he comes over and he just lays hands. He's blind. He can't see. He knows that the Father is going to see him through. Right? Ain't that what Jesus taught us? So we pray. Should I stay or should I go? God knows. That's the question to ask. Should I whatever or whatever? God knows. Remember Moses? Cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Remember that? Eight day trip took 40 years. With God leading them. Cloud moves, we get up and we go. When the cloud stops, we camp out. How long do you camp out? We don't know. There's, we haven't been able to put together, a, we don't know. Sometimes a day, sometimes two days, sometimes a week, sometimes a year. I don't, we don't know. We just follow the cloud. We follow the cloud. And at night, 
It's a pillar of fire because you can't see clouds at night. So he gives us something. But he led you into the Red Sea. He had no escape. Now that's where the people started losing their faith in God is because they felt like they couldn't trust him. Sometimes God takes us to the place to where we have no choice but to trust him. You can walk out on God, guess what? The sun's coming up tomorrow. If you don't die, you'll get up tomorrow. That don't mean you're doing what God wants you to do. Okay? Understand that? A lot of rich people in this world, a lot of people that have a lot of things, that don't mean they're following God and God's blessed them. Come on, that's, that's a farce. You don't measure your blessings from God based on your checkbook. If you do, you don't know who Jehovah Jireh is. You don't know who he is because he will provide. And he says, I want to take you on this journey. I want to take you there. And guess what? Hang on to me. I'm going to lead you into a corner, but I'm going to show up. He didn't tell him, Brother Gene, that he was going to show up, but he did show up. And he did it time and again, time and again, time and again, time and again. When Adam and Eve jumped out and did what they did, he said, I got a plan, and I'm going to send my son, and he's going to go and pay for your sins. He's going to bleed for you. He's going to take the stripes for your healing inside of your mind and your body. He's going to do all of this. I've got a plan. Hang on to me. So have you ever heard his voice? I heard his voice many, many times before I ever said, Jesus, I need you in my heart. I didn't know it then, but I know it now. And I remember when he was knocking on my heart's door whenever I was showing up to church because there was some pretty girl there. And I never heard word one the preacher said, but something would be said and it would, it would hit. You understand what I'm talking about? I did that. Man, I did that. I showed up for the girl. The question, buddy, is for you is are you showing up for Jesus? And the question for you is are you showing up for Jesus? Are you showing up for Jesus? Are you here for Jesus? Do you want to grow closer to Jesus? Do you want to know what God wants to do through this church, through you? He's going to work. Amen, Brother Ken. That's a place to give him some praise right now. Because he's going to show up. So the question is, and I know there's somebody sitting here today. Should I stay or should I go? I don't know. I'll pray if you want me to pray, but God will have to show you. And you got to trust him. If he told you and it might look bad, you know, it looked pretty dire for these guys. They're inside of a walled city and a big army's coming on them. What's the first thing most of us do? Well, you can't trust God. Put our hands on our hips, get that stern look, wiggle the head a little bit. You can't trust God. No, God put you there took you there so he could show you and mankind from this day forward that he is on the throne. That's why he put you there. Why we walk where we get to walk sometimes. All because of his glory. It ain't always going to be sunset, pretty sunsets and roses and the nice perfume. It's going to be the walk with God so he receives the glory. If you've made resolutions, if you're talking to God right now, what should I do, God? Should I stay? Should I go? Should I do this? Should I do that? The question is, is do you want to do what God wants to do? Don't weigh it any other way. Because the devil is slick. He's fooled you before, he'll do it again. Don't use this intellect to try to think your way through it.
Don't we do that? Don't we try to think our ways through it? Oh, but this job has way more money. We have all these things that come into our mind. Oh, my kids shouldn't go. Should you take the Korean boy in? Yes. I don't know what it's going to lead. I know this. If we do our job right, God's going to have us another prayer partner. And I never told you this when I said thank you for the offering. Thank you for your dollar bills. I thank you more for your prayers. If you can't give me prayers, I don't want your dollars. Amen? I want prayers because I know prayer makes a difference. It's made a difference in our church. It's made a difference in the people in this church. It's made a difference in bringing people back that have floated away from God. It's made a difference in those that have been lost that have gotten saved. It's made a difference. All in his timing, the way he wants to do it. Okay? All right. They're going to play us some music, and we're going to have some prayer time now. And I'm not going to do the ritual thing of stand to your feet, uh, get you prepared to walk out. No, you sit there, stand, walk up to the altar, you do what you want to do. But right now, I guarantee you, you got questions. Probably some pretty serious questions. Ask God, and he will tell you. Okay? And make sure it's not intellect talking. Make sure it's not intellect talking. Because you can get out of whack with God, and bad Bad things can happen. We studied it in the Sunday school this morning in the book of Numbers chapter 14. These people murmured and complained so much that God said, everybody 20 years and younger, I'm wiping out. Make sure you're talking to God. Make sure you're hearing from God. And it has to be with an open heart and an open mind because you can't make God do anything. Amen. Should I stay? Should I go? You take this time to pray right now.